You're listening to the Forefront Church Podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. It was me who asked Ben to talk about the Olympics, um, because I miss the Olympics right now. I miss the Olympics this year. You know why I miss the Olympics? The same reason you miss the Olympics. It's the stories, right? You love the stories. I love it when they kick it back to Bob Costas in the studio. Do you? You do. Why? Because Bob Costas has a story for us. The stories are always pretty amazing, aren't they? Just be honest. That's why we missed the Olympics. I love it when they kick it back to Bob Costas in the studio, and Bob's like, uh, I want to tell you a story about a Canadian badminton player who is struggling to make it to the Olympics. And while Canadian badminton player was struggling to make it to the Olympics, his sister was having a struggle of her own. Right? That's how he does it. And then you go and there's like, it pans over to like the sister and the sister's like taking a walk in the woods and she goes, the sister's brother who is the badminton player and he's struggling to make it to the Olympics but the sister has this pig that's been by her side for years and the pig is about to die. It only has a little bit of life left and, and, and now the sister has a tough choice to make. Either I'm with my Canadian badminton playing brother as he works to make it to the Olympics or I stay with my dying pet pig and the brother says, go. Oh, Go be with your pig. Go be with your pig. And the brother goes out there and he's trying to make the Olympics and he's hitting the shuttlecock over the net as hard as he possibly can. And it's a massive game. And as he hits the last shuttlecock over the net, he wins and he raises his arms in triumph. And 30 seconds later, the pig dies. And the brother, the brother wins and he goes to the Olympics and the sister is crying and and the badminton player is crying, and I am crying. I'm sitting on the couch bawling, and now all I care about is Canada and badminton. And, and, and the, they interview the, the brother, and the brother goes, I did it, and I did it for my sister and for the pig, and I did it because I can do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm sitting there watching this, just, just tears, right? And I'm like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me too. And so I go out to Target and I buy a badminton set. But it gets tangled up and I don't want to take it on the F train to Prospect Park, so I just throw it away. But that's not the point. The point is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many learned that in third grade? How many learned that just like Ryan in third grade? Show of hands, let me see. How many heard this, knew it, found it out? This has uh, been in the Olympics more times than I can tell you. This has been on the eye blacks of football players as they've scored touchdowns. This has uh, been a saying for people in the midst of piano recitals. It's been, the midst, uh, it's been a saying in the midst of people who are working to get new jobs, uh, people who are looking to have better sex. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's in every single devotional that we ever read. In fact, here is the prominent writings of one pastor in his devotional when it comes to this verse. He says this, Most people tend to magnify their limitations. They focus on their shortcomings. But Scripture, it makes it plain. All things are possible to those who believe. That's right. It's all possible to see your dreams fulfilled. It is possible to overcome that obstacle. It's possible to climb to new heights. It's possible to embrace your destiny. You may not know how it will all take place. You may not have a plan. But all you have to know is that if God says you can, you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know who wrote this? Paul wrote this, and he wrote it to the, uh, the church at Philippi, the Philippians. He wrote this to the Philippians, and he wrote it to them. Uh, and I guess Paul can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, because what was going on at this point was that Paul was starting all these new churches in cities that had no business 
of having a church. All throughout the Roman Empire, Philippi was considered one of these cities that had no business uh, having a church. But Paul was strong enough and had enough strength that he was starting these churches. Paul is the founder of this movement that we call Christianity that has three and a half billion people. So I guess Paul could do all things. And here's another fun fact about Paul. Paul wrote this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul wrote this as he sat in jail awaiting execution. He wrote this as he sat in jail awaiting execution to be killed. Context. Context is everything. Context is key. Context is important. And way too often we are reading scripture outside of its context. So we talk about in this series, this series is all about saying how sometimes we can misuse scripture to make it be what we want it to be when really we have no idea what the context was. And when that happens, it's a bad game of telephone. Raise your hand. Who's played telephone here? You play telephone, right. You say something. You say, like, ice cream is delicious. And then it passes through 20 people. And the last person's like, Sally's pregnant? Right? Like, that's telephone. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing when we misuse Scripture, when we take Scripture out of context. So what we want to do in this series and what we want to do today is we want to rescue or take back or think through what Paul is saying when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And like I said the first week I preached this, this is the beginning, okay? This isn't a, a place where I'm sitting up here going that everybody for thousands of years has gotten it wrong and I got it right. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, is it possible that the Spirit is working in different ways through this passage based on the context? This should be a beginning point for us, not an ending point. We should want to go back and study this more and study Philippians more and take a look at all the stuff that Paul had to say because there's a lot going on here. Why would Paul say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Let's take a look at the life of Paul. This is what we know about Paul. We absolutely know these things about Paul. Uh, scripture tells us so. That Paul, uh, we, he um, you know, started all these churches in the midst of the Roman Empire. And we've talked a great deal about how in the Roman Empire, uh, soldiers would come around and say, uh, Caesar is Lord, and you were going to respond. Caesar is Lord, and if you didn't, you'd be thrown in prison. And so it's fair to say that Paul was thrown into many a Roman prison. Paul was one who would say Jesus is Lord. So Paul was able to go through all these Roman prisons. Paul was beaten more times than we can count. He was beaten. Paul was stoned and lived. Do we get that? Do we understand? He was tied up and he had giant boulders thrown at him to crush his bones and he lived. Paul was shipwrecked, not once, but twice. He was shipwrecked twice. The second time, he had to convince people not to kill him to lighten the load of the cargo. All right, This is all happened to Paul. Paul was starved. In fact, in his letter to the Philippians, he says, hey, I was really hungry. I was actually about to die. Thank you for bringing me food. Like, he writes that. And now, and now Paul is sitting in a prison, and Paul is waiting to be executed. And I'm going to go ahead and play spoiler. Paul gets killed. He's done. He's beheaded. He doesn't make it out of prison this time. It doesn't work out for him. Things don't get better. And so now we have to look at this scripture a little differently. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because doing all things through Christ who strengthens me doesn't necessarily mean victory. I think sometimes we think it's all about victory and moving to the next level and we beat this obstacle. But when Paul says, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Paul says, I am content to endure suffering. I am content to endure suffering. Wow. Canadian badminton player had it all wrong, didn't he? Content to endure suffering. That's what Paul 
is talking about in this situation. So let's talk a little bit why Paul might be writing this letter to the people of Philippi. Why might he be doing this? Well, the people of Philippi, they lived in a military outpost, which means that uh, the, Roman, um, the Roman army was a huge presence where they lived, uh, which meant that there was a lot of patriotism where they lived, which meant that Caesar was absolutely Lord. And so Paul knew that if they hadn't already, they were going to come up on some of the same imprisonment, the same beatings, the same stonings, the same everything else, that Paul had already dealt with. They, he knew that they were going to be next. They were going to be persecuted next. And he says, you know what? I want to prepare you for this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to prepare you for this. And so what Paul does is he starts writing to them about how to prepare, how to be content, how to endure in suffering. So what he does is he starts talking to them. It happens even before Philippians 4.13. If you have your Bible apps, I want you to scroll uh, to Philippians chapter 4, but I want to go to the beginning of the chapter. It's Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. And we can uh, take a look at that. And this is what Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7 says. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, I see three things that are happening here. Three things that allow us to do, th uh, that allow us to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The first thing that Paul says to do, that he's telling these people in Philippi, these people that are on the verge of persecution, on the verge of imprisonment, of beatings, of everything else, he says to them, rejoice! Rejoice! Oh, that word rejoice. What do you guys think of when you think of the word rejoice? People with their hands in the air, waving them like they just don't care. Seriously, what do you think about when you think about rejoicing? Singing loud? I think about Ned Flanders when I think about rejoicing. What do you think about? You know, when you read about what rejoice looks like in the Hebrew or in the Greek text, uh, um, what Paul's referencing here is the word rejoice in the Psalms. And the word rejoice in the Psalms is nothing like faking it till you're making it. It's nothing like Ned Flanders. It's nothing like throwing your hands in the air. It looks incredibly different. And yet Paul tells these people in Philippi, he says, rejoice. So what is the context in which he's telling them to rejoice? What does this look like? What does it mean? Uh, my wife and I, six years ago, were moving from Philadelphia to New York. And we had a 17-month-old and a three-week-old. And we could not sell our, we had this brownstone. We could not sell it. And we were coming to a place where, where we were supposed to be up in New York and we couldn't get there. And, uh, and uh, at one point, people were just in and out of our house, but we couldn't keep it clean because we had a 17-month-old. And my wife, um, she did this, and I wanted to do it, but she did it first. She started picking stuff up in our house and just throwing them. Just started picking things up and, like, throwing it against the wall. Like, she was screaming. Like, pick something up, scream, throw it against the wall. I was like, that looks like a good idea. And I picked something up, and I threw it against the wall, too, because we were so incredibly frustrated by the fact that nothing was going the way we needed it to go or wanted it to go. And as we were picking things up and throwing it against the wall, I listened, and upstairs, our window fell out of its track and fell on the ground in our bedroom, meaning that I was going to have to spend a couple hundred bucks on a window that I didn't have. And as we threw things, and as we listened to that happen, and as we couldn't sell our house, and as our kids were crying and doing whatever it was they were doing, we both sat down on the ground. And we both started breathing. Do that with me right now. Don't fall asleep. Start breathing. Pay attention to your breath. 
We both sat on the ground and started breathing. Pay attention to your breath. I'm going to warn you again not to fall asleep. You know, as Americans, we breathe about 20 breaths per minute. Counting your breath, about 20 breaths a minute. 80 to 90% of the energy we need to live through the day comes through our breath. You know, they did studies of villages and remote places throughout the world. They did breath tests on the people that lived in these remote villages. You know how many times they breathe a minute? On average, it's six times. Six times a minute. Paying attention to your breath. You know, as Americans, 20 breaths a minute, we're actually only getting 20 to 30% of the energy we need through oxygen that we need to survive in a day. You know why that is? We're moving too fast. We're moving way too fast. And so when we stop and we breathe, we take stock, what you begin to see is that God's up to something. You begin to see... Uh, for me and my wife, that, that actually we had a house to live in and that we actually had just signed a lease on an apartment and so we weren't going to be homeless. We had two small children and they were both pretty healthy. They were pains, but they were healthy. We had a job that we had prayed for that was a blessing that continues to be a blessing waiting for us when we got to New York. We were frustrated and you stop, you breathe, you realize that God is up to something in the midst of frustration. That is what it means to rejoice. This is the kind of rejoicing that Paul is talking about. This is the kind of rejoicing. When Paul says rejoice, again I say rejoice, he's not saying throw your hands in the air and go yay. He's saying stop, breathe, take stock of what God is up to in your life. Rejoice. And when you rejoice, when you rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. So how do we get the strength to do all things through Christ? Number one, we rejoice. We stop. We take stock. We listen to our breath. Because when we're not listening to our breath, what ends up happening is we go from one place to the next to the next. We go from one situation to the next situation, trying to make that situation work. And that situation is not working, so maybe I need to move. And then we move, and I, I, I'm not finding what I'm looking for, so I'm going to date whoever I want. I'm just going to drink as much as I possibly can. I'm going to revel in whatever I can revel in. And that goes for me, too. And Paul says, hey, rejoice, rejoice, stop. God's up to a bunch of stuff in your life, but you won't ever figure it out until you're breathing, until you're rejoicing, until you stop. Let your gentleness be evident to others. I hate that Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to others. He says, you want to know how, how to find all things through Christ who strengthens you? Be gentle to others. You know, this is in the midst of a Roman oppression, right? A Roman oppression where I have to imagine people in Philippi, if they hadn't already, had either been imprisoned or watched family members uh, be thrown in prison or watched family members be hurt or killed or raped. And I have to imagine that if that was going on, you want to more than anything in your life, you want to retaliate. You want to give an evil empire what this evil empire deserves. You want to fight back. I can only imagine what that might feel like. And yet Paul says, you want to do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Christ gives you the strength to withhold your power, to withhold it. I listened, um, 
I listened to the, the courtroom hearing. I don't know if you guys heard this courtroom hearing for this uh, Charleston shooter. Uh, this terrorist attack happens, right? And there's this courtroom hearing, and there are these nine victims that are dead, and they've been dead for 36 hours. And the family members are there, the family members of these victims who are looking at this terrorist. And they say to this terrorist, they say these words, they say, you have hurt our families tremendously, but we forgive you. And God loves you. And we pray that God has mercy on your soul. That's what they said. You want to talk about gentleness? You want to talk about the strength to do all things through Christ? That is it right there. When you're able to rejoice and know that there is a God that is up to something, you're able to say that there is a God that takes care of the stuff that maybe I can't quite take care of. Let your gentleness be evident to others because in your gentleness, in your rejoicing, comes a peace that passes all understanding and that peace comes. That peace comes. It comes through prayer and petition and it comes through thanksgiving. That's how this peace comes. It doesn't come through winning the game or through scoring a touchdown or through being the best badminton player. It comes by being content and suffering and as you're content, rejoice and be gentle and then pray. And pray is broken down into three Greek parts. That part where he says prayer, prayer in the Greek translates into corporate worship. It translates into what we're doing now. When we are suffering, when there's, when there's a, a, being, a feeling of discontent, Paul says, hey, get together. Get together. Worship together. Come to me together. Do that. And we're here. We're doing that already. And then he says petition. He says petition. Petition literally translates into yell, scream. Ah, do that. You know what he's, petition sort of feels like? You know when you are crossing the street and you look this way and there's no cars coming and, but the hand's still red? And then you start walking out in the street and all of a sudden you see a car just barreling right towards you, right? And you get that feeling. You're like, ah, that's petition. That's what it is. It's the guttural noise. It's the cries out to God. It's God, what is going on here? I don't quite get this. What's happening? Paul says that brings strength. And then Paul says, Come before me with the prayer together, with petition, with your guttural why. Come to me in your thanksgiving, your regular prayer. The way you pray at home, the way you pray at the dinner table, the way you pray when you're on a hike, the way you pray when you're reading your journal. Pray that way. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying through all these things, you are going to find a peace that passes all understanding. You're going to find that peace. Through that way, you are going to have a strength from Christ that's going to allow you to endure the deepest of sufferings. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not about getting your sales promotion. It's not about winning the game. It's not about uh, you know finding the right person. And, and it's not about climbing over a fence that's got a little barbed wire on top. It's not about any of that. It's about enduring and being content in the midst of suffering. It's about rejoicing. It's about being able to sit down and breathe and seeing the forest through the trees. When, God, when, Christ says, when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it's all about God and Christ giving him the strength uh, to know that even though this city is crazy and you're supposed to get everything that you want all at once, it's the strength of delay gratification. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me means that Christ is giving us the strength to withhold power when the one thing we want to do is crush whoever it is deserves to be crushed. That's what it means to do all things through Christ. To do all things 
through Christ means that we get to sit and live in tension, that Christ gives us the strength to live in the tension with one another, even as we disagree with one another or don't like one another or look different than one another. That's what it means to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. To do all things through Christ who strengthens you means that Christ is continually giving us the strength to have a platform to pray through suffering, to pray through being hurt, to come together, to tell one another stories that say, you know what, in the midst of your breath, Rejoice. God is up to something here. The Spirit is up to something here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be content in my suffering because I have us here and I have a God who's able to work in the midst of the things I can't see. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I'm allowed to pray gutturally. I'm allowed to yell out to God, what are you doing? I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I can withhold power, in, which is the most difficult thing to do. And in my withholding of power, I know there's a God who takes care of this for me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This week, this week that means a lot. This week there were two things that happened that, that sort of threw me. I don't know if you've heard about this one in the Dominican Republic, where the Dominican Republic sent Dominican Haitians back to Haiti. Just, you're done in our country. You're gone. You're out. You have to go. Even though many of these Dominican Haitians have, um, have never even really lived in Haiti ever and are like generations removed from ever being in Haiti, but it doesn't matter. They're gone. And I thought, what oppression. What pain. What if I was kicked out of this country and told to go back to half of me has to go to Germany, the other half has to go to Ireland? And then there was a terrorist attack again on our soil. A terrorist attack in Charleston. A terrorist attack where nine people lost their lives simply because of the color of their skin. And you sit there and you go, are you kidding me? Really, we're going to do this again? Really, how many times do we have to tell each other to cross lines, to break down walls, to talk to one another, to tell stories? And this still happens. We still have people who say, you are not as good as me because of the color of your skin or your ethnicity or for who you are. And it breaks me. It breaks me. I'm sick of standing up here in front of this church and saying to us, all right, let's do this again. Let's pray again. Let's rally around again because this is happening again. But guess what? It's happening again. And guess what? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can. And so why don't we put that into practice the way Paul intended it to be put into practice? Why don't we start by rejoicing? Can we rejoice in this right now? Not by cheering, but can we rejoice by closing our eyes, by taking some deep breaths, and by taking stock in the fact that God might be up to something? Can We practice this. I'm going to ask us to rejoice right now. Will you close your eyes? Will you rejoice with me? I want you to ask God, God, what is it that you're up to right now in the midst of this pain? God, what is it that I need to do What are you calling me to do in the midst of this pain? Spirit, lead us in the midst of this pain. Give us the strength to do all things. Give us the strength to rejoice right now.
What is God saying to us? A word is coming to your mind. And if we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, then Paul says that it's our time to pray and it's our time to petition. So right now I'm going to ask that we petition to God any of the anguish or the pain or the hope or whatever it is that we might feel right now. And I know maybe it's your first time this Sunday and I'm not asking you to to shout out the most eloquent of prayers, but if it's on your heart right now, I pray that God gives you the strength to petition to pray for what's going on. Ben will start with a prayer, and anybody who wants to pray after Ben can go ahead and pray, and then I'll go ahead and close this as we petition. Lord, we come to you today rejoicing. We rejoice, God, and we pray for the strength and the courage to let our gentleness shine. We pray for the strength and courage to come together with one another 
to be uncomfortable and to do the things we don't necessarily want to do and to hear the stories we don't want to hear and to invest in one another. Give us the strength, Lord, to see the forest through the trees. Lord, we pray that you would come and make it right. And we pray that your peace, God, your peace that transcends and passes all understanding will guard each and every one of our hearts. It's in your name we pray this. Amen.